welcome to Overwhelm is Optional, challenging the idea that it's okay to be stuck in overwhelm. I'm your host, Heidi Mark, and I'm a body mindfulness teacher and coach, and I help people get out of their heads into their body to find the energy, clarity and ease they long for. I hope you enjoy this. If you do, please subscribe, leave a lovely, lovely review and tell everyone you know. Thank you and enjoy. What's your kryptonite? What keeps you in overwhelm? Where are you getting stuck in your head? Just for a moment, I invite you to drop into your body and notice that, that loop, whatever's bugging you. So feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften if it wants to. And if it doesn't, just notice that. And however you feel, is useful, interesting, not a problem to be solved. Feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften or not. Notice. And then take your attention into your mind and notice the loop without getting sucked in or involved in analysing whatever's bugging you whatever's keeping you awake at night, whatever gets you stuck in your head, feeling horribly overwhelmed. See if you can just observe it neutrally. Now, your mind's pretty good at distracting you, so you're probably going to end up going on a little bit of time travelling or analysis or problem solving. But each time you realise, that's, that's it really, it's the realising just bring your attention back to your body over and over again, strengthening that ability to control where your attention goes. And this is meditation, but this is body-centred meditation, body mindfulness, very powerful. So feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften if it wants to. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Don't try to achieve anything. You're not trying to achieve a zen-like state here. You're just dropping your attention into the body over and over again. So each time you realise you're caught up in external distractions, or usually the distractions of the mind, with its emergencies, its constant urgency over to-dos, or problems to be solved, or things it tells you are wrong with you that you really ought to be better at, and it's general nagging lack of happiness, because that's just what your mind does to keep you safe. Not good or bad, it just is. But it's annoying if you get stuck in it, hey? So, once again, feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften. Maybe allow your heart, your chest, your heart space to ease if it wants to soften there as well. And just notice, notice what keeps distracting you. Notice the resistance to doing this practice. Sometimes when we're going through a really tough time, we don't want to do this because we don't actually want to deal with what's going on. So it's easier to try and distract ourselves. It's easier at first. It doesn't really work, does it? Um, you can drink. You can watch a lot of Netflix, you can talk and talk and talk, but in a kind of 
not very constructive way. You can, you can go for a run, you can lift weights, you can do all sorts of things to try and get out of your head without by disconnecting rather than connecting. So body mindfulness is really, really helpful, but it's not always easy and you have to decide that you want to do it. You have to decide, yes, I want to feel more aligned. I want to be able to move through my life more skillfully. I want to work with my body, not against my body. And as soon as you start working with your body, you're going to feel better in that you're listening to yourself, which makes you then better eventually at listening to others, which is such a cool gift, hey? Who doesn't love to be listened to? What a gift to give to the world, but it has to start with you. But other things can happen as well, because we don't always find the ease. I believe that the ease and the dis-ease, the comfort, the discomfort, the overwhelm and the clarity all exist at once. But we get pulled and tugged in different directions. And when we feel something's really, really wrong in our lives that needs to be solved, usually a big thing like a relationship issue, a job issue, a money issue, you know, something that we feel that if only... If only we could move house, if only we could sell our house, if only, if only this went through, everything would be okay. That, that's really distracting and tends to take up a lot of time and energy, a lot of headspace, hey? A lot of going through different scenarios, preparing for the worst, daring to dream. What if it did happen? But this, this is distracting because actually whatever happens... There will always be something to disturb your coffee. There will always be a kryptonite because we're human. It's just how we are. And I've got a poem here from Rumi that I want to read. I keep it in front of me because I just find it. It's one of those things that has really stuck with me. So it's called this being, I think it's called the guest house. Yeah, it's called the guest house. I'm just going to read it. So this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still, treat each guest honourably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for, for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So what I like about this is, is this acceptance that being human is a guest house, which means that every morning there's going to be a new thing to deal with. Sometimes it's, it's something really joyful, but often it's not, because we are programmed to survive by, by looking at what's the worst. So often we don't notice the joy. We don't notice that actually the thing that was our kryptonite a month ago has gone, which should, our theory was when we were caught up in our head about it, that as soon as that was solved, we would feel at ease. We would feel joy. Everything would slot into place. But if you look back through your life, there'll be several times that you've been here before that these things have been solved. You know, you have moved house, you have met people, you have built relationships, you have got jobs, you have paid off debts, you have had children or not had children, but you've... You know, there's always something 
that we long for there's always the next thing over the horizon and then we get the ease the joy we get out of the overwhelm so we kid ourselves that this overwhelm this data being stuck in our head is temporary and that is worth it but it's not it's not worth it because there's no our mind isn't very good at solving these things our mind is really really good at some things but it's really not very good when we get stuck in a loop, this this paralysis of overthinking, this overwhelm, this, my brain's gone to mush or concrete, depending on how it feels for you. Or it might feel like both of those at once, or it might switch, or however it feels for you is however it feels for you. And noticing that is a key. So at this point in time, at this today or this season of your life, what is your kryptonite? Because I'm arguing that you identify your kryptonite, that gives you power. So I don't know that much about Superman. I don't think I've watched them all. I was probably very young and watched the ones in the 70s. But yes, kryptonite's terrible because it takes his power. But if he if he didn't know about it, it would be worse because he wouldn't know what was taking his power. So knowing what your kryptonite is, knowing where you're giving over your energy and your headspace and your capacity to feel joy, knowing what is sapping that at the moment with the mistaken belief that once that is solved, everything will be okay. Identify that, that gives you power. So yeah, this is what I'm working with my membership this month, which is why it's on my mind because I've really thinking about how do we deal with the difficult feelings we find when we tune in so often when people start start these tune-ins with me this practicing this deep body-centered meditation body mindfulness reconnecting to the wisdom of the body taking a break from the overwhelmed mind it feels really good because um often it it results in only a relaxation response. So the parasympathetic nervous system kicks in. And also there's that joy of just taking the time to move one's attention from the external or from the mind or from other people's demands onto yourself and noticing. So to start with, the journey tends to, to start really well and, and there's real benefits. But at some point there's, there's obstacles, there starts to become resistance. So there's the noticing just how judgmental the mind is, how you, you start getting, oh no, it's not worth you doing this. This is a waste of your time. You're never going to be Zen-like. And that's that pushing, striving, trying to change things, trying to control things, trying to achieve all the time. This trying to achieve is exhausting, particularly if you're very keen on changing yourself. Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because arguably life is about growth, is about learning to um, accept yourself, embrace life, learn, you know, expand and really live life to the full. But if we get stuck in a, I need to be better, I need to be better, this constant self-improvement, this is kind of the opposite of that, but we don't realise it. So it's a bit of a trick, isn't it? Self-improvement suggests that you're getting better and better but if you're constantly searching to get better and better then then you're not loving yourself so self-acceptance allows for that becoming better but it's an allowing because what we're actually doing is instead of striving to be better a better mother a better sister a better colleague a better dog owner a fitter healthier whatever better 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 meditator um 
so instead of that, what we're doing by practicing deep self-acceptance, which is what can start happening if you choose to, when you tune into the body and listen and stop trying to achieve a Zen-like state or clear your mind or relax or anything, um, is that instead of pushing to be better, we let go of the stuff that doesn't serve us. The stuff we're clinging to like a lifeboat. And once we start letting go of stuff, what we find is underneath, we were okay all the time. That the person that we long to be, that freedom and ease that we crave is there all the time. But it's covered up with our, well, the habits we've learned that have actually served us very well to get where we've got to. Because it's not like we're born with this. Well, I don't know. I don't know if babies are born with this knowledge. I'm I'm not I'm not going there at the moment. I'm just thinking about as an adult where we get to a point in our life when we start to realise the weariness and the disappointment of constantly trying to achieve and never quite reaching that point of ease. You know, we're sold this myth, aren't we, that if we work hard at school and we get qualifications and then we get a job and then we get more money and then we get promotions and then we meet someone and we get a mortgage and then we have kids and da 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 retirement death. So it's a bit of a con because firstly, there's only small parts in history where that was true. So each generation is advising the, the generation, the next generation, oh, don't do what I did, do do what this this will work, but it's gone. You know, like the whole you buy a house, you do it up and then you, you make your money and you work your way up. That's That's not open at the moment in the way it was in the 70s because house prices have gone completely through the roof so that's it's just different and the idea that you have one job for life and you work really hard and you're appreciated by your employer and then you you get you get a pension that's all disappearing so there's only small parts in history where what we think is true is true and they're external things anyway but what we do know is true is that we are all lovable we are all that's my one of my teachers, Daisan, Daisan Roshi. He used to say to us to to see both ourselves and our students as both perfect and works in progress. And the works in progress is the letting go, the process of letting go, letting go of the things in Rumi's poem. So the dark thought, the shame, the malice, you know, shame, I think is a huge one, <clears throat> I think, for most of us, because that's what keeps us in the tribe. That's that ancient crime or fear of being rejected but the problem with that is it, it it can often lead us to desperately trying to be somebody other than who we are so yeah I just thought I'd invite you this week to tune into your body and notice what's bugging you so you probably without tuning into your body can work out what the biggest issue what's what's the one thing in your life if I had a magic wand or you had a magic wand that you could just fix. So if you've been trying to sell your house and move house for ages because for lots of reasons. So say you've got really noisy neighbours and you're desperate to move house. That's really stressful. And it takes up or it can take up masses of time and energy and headspace as you dream of escaping and, and, the, and how much better you're going to feel. So if it's something like that, it's really obvious. So just for a moment, just have a think. What is the thing that's bugging you? What's the one thing that, that was solved? For example, there's this, this dream, isn't there, that if you won the lottery. So there's a big thing about money. 
If I had a million pounds, everything would be okay. But actually, what happens is people who win the lottery within a year have gone back to their set happiness point. Often they've got rid of all the money. They've spent it all. That's that's really common. It's actually very difficult if you're not if you're not used to having money or you don't you, you don't feel that you deserve it in some way. It's very difficult to hang on to money. It's something we need to learn to do. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? And how often have you moved house to have one set of problems sold, you know, swapped for another set or you you retire so you're no longer in this stressful job and then one of you gets sick or you know there's always there's always something isn't there i mean i just i just think of my being in my 20s and raising my children and there's always the whatever stage that one of your kids is going through and you just think well when they get to this stage it will be easier and sometimes it is easier but then there's usually something else that turns up because that's life that's being human this human is a guest house every morning a new arrival a joy a depression a meanness some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor and we tend to want to push away i don't want any more of this stuff it's too hard what if instead we could be more playful so notice what your kryptonite is at the moment because it's going to change it always changes everything changes I was um I really fancied walking by a river at the weekend so we got out the maps found the nearest river and went off to walk as close as we could now it's not always possible to walk that close to rivers because often they're on private land but we managed to be crossing a field where we could just go down to this tiny river and we just sat and looked and what really really struck me not in a mental way I wasn't really thinking of it but it struck me at a very physical level was this noticing the movement of the water and this feeling this real feeling and i've contemplated this a lot i've sat and looked at, at, at water before and it's a meditation technique isn't it to think of your thoughts on as leaves going down the stream but it really hit me in, in a really embodied way of you know everything changes and i could really feel that this letting go letting go letting my anxieties my kryptonite start to move down the stream and that was really really nice so just tuning in to whatever today's kryptonite is and i'm just going to invite you to start to tune into your body to examine this further see what useful information is coming out of this play with it just do it playfully so closing your eyes if it's appropriate and safe to do so keeping them open if not just allow your attention to go down to your feet feel your feet on the floor on the ground wiggle your toes notice whether you've got the same amount of weight in your left foot as your right foot and just starting to playfully draw your attention allow your attention to go down to your feet feel your feet on the ground allow your knees to soften your belly your hips to soften shoulders to come away from your ears if they want to notice how you feel body softening or not just notice and just notice bring to mind the problem the kryptonite but don't get caught up in the minds this is quite tricky so just play with it lightly see if you can feel where 
the effects in your are held in your body. So where there's any unnecessary tension, where where there's a pattern, a holding pattern of tension. Maybe your belly doesn't want to soften. Maybe your knees want to lock and brace. Maybe your chest muscles want to brace. Maybe your breath feels really shallow. Don't try and change anything. Just notice. So common areas would be shoulders going up towards ears, teeth very close together. Maybe bunching up across the brow muscles chest, back, belly, hips, knees. So just notice, just scan. For any physical sensations which seem to be related to your kryptonite. And just do this really curiously. So don't see if you can um, um, resist the mind's need to categorize everything and start blaming you. Yeah, of course you're too tense. So if you can just catch your mind with its stories its labels and its judgments and instead just go back to being really curious like a little explorer what are the physical sensations of this current kryptonite just get curious and playful really neutrally and then imagine it's gone it's solved whatever the problem is has been fixed Notice the physical sensations of having this kryptonite removed. How does it feel for you? Imagine. And then imagine if you could have this feeling, this ease, this joy, this relief, whatever it feels like for you. The physical sensations of not having to carry that kryptonite. Imagine if you could have that anyway. Imagine if you could always access that. Because you're doing it right now, but the kryptonite still exists. So the ease is always there. If you pay attention. To the moments in between. The distractions by the kryptonite or when you choose to place your attention in the body and allow a softening when you notice the good things because yes there might be something terrible but there's always something good however small and tuning into that can be really nourishing really helpful And then you can just stay in this meditative state for a moment if you want to, or you can open your eyes. So just to, just to reflect on this, how much time, energy, space, money is your, are you dedicating to your kryptonite? What does tuning into your body tell you? What information is useful to you? And what does tuning into your body and noticing how you would feel with the absence of the kryptonite tell you? So it's just useful information. That's all. It's not about removing a problem, solving anything. It's not even about processing difficult feelings. This episode is just about playing with the idea, 
that you have a kryptonite and that if you notice it, you have power. So it's about identifying power.